Good morning, everyone. This is another podcast for the IOF COVID Task Force. We're here together with Peter Paré. Peter is working as advisor at ZLTO, which is a farmer organization doing associative and also advisory work in the Netherlands. And Peter is quality of ecosystem chairs for the arable sector in IOF 2020. Welcome, Peter, and thank you for uh, agreeing to have this uh, interview. Nice to see you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, if you agree, uh, I would like to ask you a first uh, general question. Um, what is your uh, experience? Uh, how has the COVID-19 and the COVID-19 measures uh, affected the, uh, the harvest sector? Can you say a few words on that? Let me start with a very positive uh, uh, thing that I see. We we see enough food in the supermarkets, so people can still have everything they need. And that's really a big achievement, and we could only achieve that as European uh, cooperation. Otherwise, per country, if borders would be closed, then we would have instantly a big problem. So I think one thing is very important that we achieve such a thing. And that's uh, really something we should remember. But we can achieve more things. And there are, of course, challenges in the short term. When I look around me, uh, I see that uh, the strawberry growers, uh, they, they face a serious problem with labor. With uh, the people who pick the strawberries, they uh, have challenge to come across different countries to uh, the Netherlands, and that's a big issue. We are joining forces to solve it, and could be still better. That's one challenge. The other challenge is market people are getting the things in the supermarket a bit less easy, so they go to uh, the farms for the real products that they love from their neighborhood. And the, there's an opportunity for the sort supply chain to organize itself better. And it could be better with uh, more digital tools. So two challenges for the short term. Um, what I also see is challenges for the long term. When the potatoes that are planted at this moment, they will be uh, sold, uh, let's say, starting uh, October. And at that time, the potatoes that are now in the storage and for French fries, they are not used now. So end of the summer, there will be uh, still uh, um, a lot of potatoes stored and the new potatoes come into the market. So the market is uh, at that moment maybe a bit overwhelmed. And that's uh, an issue in general that the long-term effects on the market, they are very uh, uh, complex to uh, uh, see what will happen. Uh, but we can say that the uncertainty is growing. 
I see. Um, well, for the market of potatoes, I can take from my personal experience. Um, then when I go to the market, uh, I usually see potatoes and I take a lot of them. Uh, well, first, because I like it. And uh, secondly, because I know that it is also convenient and it will last long also in my cupboard. Uh, but I mean, myself, I can't influence the market. I assume that the biggest players on the potato market could be the retailers or the um, supermarkets, which are like um, buying tons and tons and tons of potatoes. But um, how does that uh, COVID crisis affected the, the potato market? Do you think uh, it is at the moment uh, a problem because uh, supermarkets can sell as much as they can? Or does it have supply uh, transport uh, issues? Uh, do, you, do you see witness things like that? My problem in uh, the uh, potato chain at this moment is uh, French fried potatoes. They are bigger than the potatoes you buy for the use at home. They are so you can only use them for feed for for uh, animals or you store them. Why do we have a problem with french fries potatoes? Because most of the french fries are eaten in restaurants and all the restaurants in Europe are closed. So uh, there, from the start of the crisis, suddenly this was a big issue. So what will happen? More potatoes are in uh, storage uh, at the start of next season than normally. So who has opportunity to buy cheap potatoes and sell them they are they can win a lot of money and so opportunistic people come in while at the same time high quality production is available and i think the solution for this issue is to provide maximum quality, maximum flexibility, and to prove it. So that uh, where we worked on for many years to raise the standards and get completely reliable potato, reliable food, to keep those standards and to prove that the crops that are produced are produced according to those standards. Well, uh, you touched uh, several things there, uh, Peter. So the French fries, yeah, I didn't think of the differentiation between these markets, it's true. Um, but could it be that, for instance, um, French fries producers can also find new ways of selling uh, with uh, platforms uh, and short circuits, for instance, uh, using, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, a virtual market, uh, so being inventive in the way that they find new uh, new possibilities for selling their production. At the same moment, uh, you say a lot about um, good quality products. Uh, once again, uh, it's it's uh, it could be a possibility for uh, IoT technology to uh, to demonstrate their their use there because you can um, basically trace uh, the potato from the production site to the retailer and then to the consumer almost. Yes, sure. Going into the markets first, French fries is uh, frozen, it's mondial market, it's world market. So 
of course, the potato processors, they find new markets, and you should see that uh, on a world, worldwide scale. It's not so easy to change their factories into other products, and it's also not so easy to put in the market all the French fries uh, uh, so that people cook them at home because people just don't like the flavor of the fat that is uh, using uh, that's used to uh, uh, fry the potatoes. So you cannot solve everything. Uh, the government uh, produces uh, some solutions so that uh, could be uh, some stress in the market could be taken away by using those potatoes for feed um, and let's let's just do see what we can do further i think there are solutions uh, for better um, uh, supply chain control more ICT into that, I think, in general. And that's good for all kind of products, certainly. If you look at the quality, that's really uh, an issue. Uh, the uh, quality, to produce quality is uh, something you need years to re reach good standard of quality for a reasonable price. Um, but to uh, take care that you get paid for it, that's also something that you have to talk about a lot of uh, uh, years with retail and so to keep uh, good relations and to keep trust. And on the level of uh, trust, trustability, we, uh, I think that we have uh, some uh, things in... Uh, available in um, the IOF project because we can, with the sensors, with all the measurements, we can show what we did so we can prove our trustability. Well, that makes a very nice uh, transition to um, the second part of our interview, Peter. Uh, so thanks for bringing that up. Actually, uh, so you mentioned a few of the challenges uh, which uh, the arable sector is uh, confronted uh, to. Uh, well, we focused on the potato world, but it's also uh, analogable to uh, other productions, I'm sure. So we have the, um, the transport and the supply chain. Uh, we have labor, the workforce in the field. We have the, the quality standard and the traceability of the products, all these challenges. Um, so... Can you uh, say a few words about all the IOF uh, 2020 use cases? Um, how do they respond to these challenges? Do they develop solutions? Uh, can the uh, European agriculture benefit from these solutions? Uh, can you say a few words on that? Yes, uh, we, we made special effort in uh, IOF 2020 because, uh, of course, you have this responsibility. So we took it up and we uh, looked where we can improve things. Uh, we improved things in, um, uh, uh, as I said, in uh, assessing, uh, improving quality. To, to that, that's really a big issue for the long term. Uh, we also combined different efforts around uh, labor possibilities, 
Uh, for example, in uh, at least uh, six countries over Europe, in fact, you have the, exactly the same uh, problems that uh, Eastern European people uh, are not coming easily to, to the West European uh, uh, harvest. So, in fact, comparable harvest initiatives uh, uh, are uh, working and in the project we connect them. Uh, about uh, the supply chain, in fact, in the IOF, uh, the sensors and so we work uh, more with machine uh, producers than with the, the other supplies. And those uh, machine producers, they did found and exchange solutions to uh, solve problems on, on machines or to prevent problems on machines with IoT technology. And one important thing we should not forget is advisory. In a recent uh, report of FAO of last week, they said advisory is an important uh, solution for the COVID uh, challenge because uh, the resilience and the flexibility of the sectors is uh, affected by advisors. They can stimulate people to see the situation and to take action in time. And But the advisory work itself has to change a lot has to become more virtual. Here in Netherlands, we see that, in fact, it was not a problem to introduce it because uh, the farmers already are used to WhatsApp and to all kinds of tools uh, they use in private. But uh, as an advisor, it was a bit, uh, you, you recognize farmer more when you visit him uh, on the farm. Now, this is not possible. Now we see that the farmers and the advisors find out that more advice is possible on, with uh, tools uh, uh, that uh, give the figures a bit more clear and, of course, with the different communication methods. Well, I hope this way of communicating, which is very effective and efficient, uh, will continue. Uh, and in IOF, we also are producing uh, possibilities to optimize that. Well, thanks a lot. So you, um, it's important what you just mentioned. Uh, so the new ways of working, uh, which were developed um, during the COVID crisis, uh, finally, they were proved uh, efficient and uh, they might continue on the longer term in the future, although it was not foreseen at the beginning. Well, that's an interesting statement. Certainly, they, they are not only efficient, they are, I'm happy that they are super effective because uh, you can reach this uh, cover distance in a much easier way and distance doesn't play a role so much no more and that's something we should keep wow thanks uh, that was an unexpected statement thanks a lot uh, peter uh, we are uh, however reaching the end of our interview time so uh, we need to um, to quickly uh, wrap up um, I would like to ask you, uh, would there be a highlight uh, or a message that you would like to pass to our listeners uh, and maybe also more especially to, to policymakers? I would say one thing is what we did good, keep doing it well, let's keep the borders open. 
the other thing for food, but also for labor, open them. And the other thing is uh, give uh, opportunities for everyone who wants to show good quality and who wants to uh, work on it and advise on it. Uh, give them tools, uh, support those tools to, to uh, make it possible. Perfect. I think that uh, that's a very nice message to pass. Um, so I would like to thank you, Peter, uh, for taking your time, taking some of your time to uh, to inform us about what happens uh, in the arable sector and what are the possible solutions uh, that IOF 2020 is working on it. If you would like to know more about uh, our current development, you're always welcome uh, on our website, iof2020.eu. Then you can find the variety of the solution currently being developed. And should you want to know more about it, just be in touch on social media as well. Thanks a lot to everyone. Special thanks to Peter Ferre. And we'll stay tuned for more podcasts about the different European agriculture sectors. Thanks.